Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this special edition of 100, the Ed Gordon Podcast. Today, the next in our series of spotlighting Black-owned businesses. This time, we talk with a mother and her two daughters who decided to bet on themselves and transition from the corporate world to franchise ownership. Toya Evans and her daughters, Lauren Williamson and Chanel Grant, formed Healthy Living Ventures in 2015. By 2016, they'd opened their first tropical smoothie location in Maryland. Since then, in spite of a pandemic and the natural hurdles faced by franchisees, They've gone on to open multiple locations and expanded to other brands, including Hand in Stone Spas, as well as an agreement with Choice Hotels. Their rise has been quick. I started by asking mom, Toya, why did the family decide the time was right to jump into the entrepreneurial space? Really just wanting to build a legacy. You know, being a mom and a grandmom and wanting to start the foundation for just generational wealth within our family and giving my grandchildren and my grandchildren's children an opportunity to really chart their own path. When you look at how fast the run has been for you, you know, you really kind of jumped into this in 2015. Um, Give us your journey from then to now. Well, uh, it has been a fast run. It's like sucking wind sometimes. Well, we just decided that in order to do this, the original goal was that everybody would transition out of their very demanding corporate jobs. And in order to do that, we could not do it with just one franchise. So we came in knowing that we would be a multi-unit owner. I don't know at the time that we said for sure we're going to be multi-unit and multi-brand. But, you know, it just started to evolve and it made sense given our, you know, our mission of you know, healthy lifestyles and products to begin to expand that portfolio and look at other things that would help us diversify um, and also help us to, to grow by way of units because sometimes we have territorial restrictions if areas are not available. Let me ask you one other thing before I get to the girls, and that is this. You have a motto that you guys go by. It's um, start before you're ready. And so many things that stop people is simply they're afraid. They're afraid to let go of a job. They're afraid to jump in. They're afraid that they don't know enough. They're afraid. How did you get past being um, not ready? Um, Well, for that one, I think it's just, you know, the it's that hustle and drive that's already in me. You know, so I had already been exposed to uh, people in my family who were business owners, um, 
the kid's dad and I had started many businesses while they were growing up. Uh, they have always accused me of, of violating child labor laws. But, you know, we had been doing it. And, you know, his motto actually was always, what's the worst that could happen? And sometimes it would drive me crazy when we're doing business together. But at the end of the day, that's really it. What's the worst that can happen? If it doesn't work out, you know, we're educated. We had, you know, a, a nice resume. You could always go back to work. Uh, but you didn't want to, I didn't want to be saying, hey, this was something that we decided to do as a family. And we we talked ourselves out of it before we got started. It would go against everything that my kids had been raised to believe and think. And so we had to do it. And so there was Lauren, no turning back. Lauren, let me turn to you and Chanel now. I'll start with you, Lauren, as you are the eldest. Um, but you know, you think of billions in succession, so it'll be time to move mom out in a few minutes. But um, <laughs> how do you get to the point of understanding that you're joining uh, business and family together? That can be hard for some. Yeah, absolutely. I think, as my mom said, you know, we grew up kind of working alongside my mom and my dad um, and just helping them. So I think a lot of times you just have to be able to separate the two. We do a really good job of, you know, when we're in business mode, we're all sitting down together and we're talking about the business. But when we're done, we can legit cut it off right there and say, all right, it's time to go grab lunch or how are the kids doing? And just trying to separate the two. I think sometimes people will try to bring that to the dinner table or bring their cell phones or laptops. It's like when it's not business, we really do try to not discuss business. And I think that's really helped us. And also not holding any grudges with each other. So we might not just we might not agree all the time in business, but at the end of the day, when we're done, we're still family and we're all we got. So yeah. I think it helps that. too um, that we have separate roles as well. So everyone is really good at something different. And so um, you know, Lauren is fantastic with people and training and development hiring. So she does that. That's her lane. I have my lane, which is marketing and sales. And I love the development side. Um, and then Toya is great at everything, but <laughs> she stays in the operational lane. So I think that does help too. Chanel, let me ask you, because I'm the baby in my family. So you being the baby in this, you know, sometimes you, you feel, or they expect you to prove yourself. It's always that thought of, do you know enough? Um, were there little things like that that you guys had to get past, um, whether it was were mom thinking, oh, I know what to do always, quote unquote, because I've been around and you trying to prove yourself? How did you get past that? Because that can be uh, a bumpy road for families as well. Um, surprisingly, I don't think we've dealt with that. Um, I know that we've all been aligned as far as like what we want. If anything, I think they probably call me. They're like, you do too much. I'm like always looking for the next project and like things like that. So I think if anything, um, it's me like pushing them. Um, but I haven't ever felt that I had to like prove myself or anything. We all are aligned. We have the same vision. And so that has definitely helped. Lauren, what about 100% is Chanel pushing us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely the business partner that is more... Uh, skeptical, or I should say, likes to just use a little bit more caution. And I think Chanel is 100% go to the next opportunity and do it. And sometimes I'm just like, guys, let's slow down, hold on, let's kind of get our sea legs first. So I think if anything, it's definitely that. Um, Toy, let me take it back to you and ask you about really 
getting the business going and, and geared up before we get to the individual businesses. Um, with so many small businesses facing the challenges that the pandemic brought, uh, what was that for you guys? Well, we're still living it. Um, but I think that we were really blessed that on our the restaurant side, we never closed uh, because we could do takeout. And so we were able to pivot very quickly to that. Um, we have been impacted by, you know, just some of the labor challenges and, and COVID outages. So we've been just really nimble, modifying hours as need be uh, to, to still stay in the game. And so that's been really a challenge uh, and financing has been a challenge. You know, we open, I don't know how many, four, maybe four locations since COVID started. I think that's right. (laughs) Something like that, four or five we've opened since COVID and, you know, getting lenders comfortable with uh, you're still operating. There's still an opportunity to make money in the midst of a pandemic. I think that's been the greatest challenge is just aligning with that financial partner who believed in us. And and one, we had to work incredibly hard and literally it went beyond the credit committee, like all the way up. And they said, hey, we had a conversation with the president of the company. He talked to us and he said, I just like you guys. And he helped write a check to fund a project. So I think that's been the biggest challenge. I think one of the things, Lauren, if you'll take this question, um, and Chanel, if you want to jump on board as well, but I think one of the things that that helps in this environment right now is the idea that Black women are hot commodities in business right now. Um, were you all aware of that? Has it been part of the brand? Has it been part of the push? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think we're aware of it, especially for me, coming from corporate, <laughs> I definitely see that um, quite a bit. I think uh, it's something that we're aware of. I don't know if it necessarily always helps, but I think it has been, at least from a financial standpoint or people looking at the business, um, wanting to kind of take part or see what's going on, maybe creating some of that visibility for us. Chanel, what about you? I mean, you know, walking into at your age and environment and at a time where black women really are riding a wave uh, versus, you know, when your mom would have started years ago where black women were barely let in a door. You know, I definitely think there are still challenges, but I feel blessed in that all of the women before me really paved the way for me to be in the position that I'm in one woman, of course, being my mom, um, and so I definitely feel, I feel grateful for like where we are, where we've come. I know we have a long way to go for sure, but, um, definitely feel grateful. And I feel, um, obligated to reach back. I know that's something really big within our entire business model is to, you know, continue to share that education, what we know, how we got into franchising, the, you know, some of the trade secrets that we've learned of how to get finance and different things. Like, it's really important for us to share that with other women of color um, and just people of color in general to continue to move that forward. And Toya, the, the follow-up to that is the, the, the question of um, seeing what your girls have the opportunity to do and maybe what you faced, you know, two decades ago, two and a half decades ago, and the difference that you've been able to see. I mean, I think they have no boundaries now. 
You know, and so you hit it on the head when you said it. And I think about just my corporate experience, you know, back then and always having to do more, you know, be more, try to fit in, you know, talk a certain way, you know, those kinds of things. I think those obstacles are coming down and it's more about performance, which is what it should have been always. And, and I like that, uh, you know, my daughters will have a different type of experience than I have in you know, if they even if they chose to to remain or go back into corporate, you know, just that ceiling has expanded north, uh, and for them, and that there's more opportunities. And I think that you know, to your point about it's it's a great time now. Uh, it is, and you know, to a certain extent, we we joke about it, but you know, I think it's it's real. And that even the brands that we work with, you know, we will open a magazine or be somewhere like, wait a minute, that's us. You know, so now we become the poster child for that brand saying, hey, look, we do diversity. Um, but we've been very intentional with them and saying that, you know, if you want us to grow with you, you've got to make yourself available to people who look like us. And don't tell me that you can't find them because there's lots of places to go to find people to fit your model. You're looking for someone who's coming with a corporate ba- corporate background who might be wanting to exit. How about the National Black MBA Association or any of those uh, professional associations? Make yourself available where they are and you will find more people like us, more people with people with more experience, perhaps more capital. But we are out there. And if you are intentional about doing it, then, you know, you will find what you're looking for. And that's been very important to me. And, and we push hard on that. When we get back. How these three personify the moves Black women are making in business. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toya Evans and her daughters Lauren Williamson and Chanel Grant are black girl magic in the business world. We talked about the new approach they and other blacks are taking when entering into partnerships with companies. 
they are leaning heavily on the idea that the company is not doing you a favor by simply dealing with you. They're also getting something with the union. Lauren shared one of the approaches they took early on. They walked in the door understanding their value. I think some of that we've learned just over the years, too, in our experience, one of them being just down to like leasing, right? Our first deal, we always talk about going in and you're so excited that someone's going to give you a chance that you're not really taking the time to negotiate. And so I think one of the things that we've learned is you do have power um, and just ask for what you want and, and do it with conviction. Uh, the other area I would say that we've learned is we are all three in this business together. We do not have our husbands on our business. It's, a, you know, the three of us are owners and we've seen financing even kick back and say, well, you need to have your husbands on this loan that we're going to give you. And so really standing strong and knowing that, you know, we have the ability to do this without them on this business and they don't run it day to day. So, you know, really standing tall to that too, and knowing that you there's power in negotiating. And I think really holding on to that. And being willing to walk away. I think that's something like we we're like, look, either this is what we want. If you can give it to us, that's great. We can work together. And if not, then this just might not be the right opportunity, not being married to an opportunity and knowing that, you know, you, you deserve to get what you want. Let me ask you guys, you've mentioned about giving back the idea of um, wanting the community to grow with you. You all have done seminars. Um, to give people the opportunity to learn, as you suggested earlier, what you've learned. That's an interesting concept. Tell me a little bit about those. So I can take this question, but we, it was the start of the pandemic and you know things were shutting down. We had some time on our hands. And so we kind of got together and said, um, let's create an online course. We get probably dozens of inquiries every single month between the three of us about how did you get started? Where do I find financing? How do I pick the right brand? And so we do take mentoring calls every single week, um, you know, with folks who are interested in franchising. But at some point, we're like, everyone's asking the same questions. So why don't we put it in one place where we can answer all of these questions and provide that resource to our community? And so we created an online course called So You Want to Buy a Franchise. And it really takes folks from the very beginning of is franchising right for you? all the way to building out your performa, going for financing, where to find financing, both traditional and non-traditional, you know, writing your business plan. It's 10 modules. We have downloads. Um, we even have a bonus course of kind of some things that we wish we knew before we got started. And so we've been really excited about this opportunity to share this information. We've had several students already sign up. This past weekend, we did a live um, franchising masterclass which was really incredible to be able to answer those questions live. Um, so we're really passionate about being able to just share this information. I think we're also been able to really help people. You, the, we started by saying, you know, get started before you're ready. And most times people are just scared to make the move. So sometimes it's just nice to have someone in your back that's pushing you forward to say, well, why can't you do this? And I think we heard it this weekend on our live master. A lot of people said, we've already kind of gone down the path of talking to brands, but I stopped because I was scared. And so having three of us on a call, they're saying, you know, you can do this. And we're showing you how we were able to do it really is powerful, I think. So let me ask you about money, financing, if you will, uh, and scale. You know, that often is what keeps African-Americans out of the big money in, in franchising and, and going from 
a small business going check to check to a sustainable business. Um, how have you seen that? And and what would you tell people who just don't believe that they could ever uh, reach it where you know they can live off of their business comfortably? Um, well, I would say that, and we had this was a, a question that came up in the masterclass. Like they, you know, what happens when you have, you know, a, an expensive lifestyle, you know, and and I immediately said, well, you're probably not going to be able to support that expensive lifestyle on one location. So you have to go into it with the mindset of either you're going to reduce your your personal demand on your on your uh, business. Because you, your business is like a baby. You've got to give it time to grow and breathe. I think, I don't even know when we started taking money out of the business. It, it probably was three plus years into the business, but we just kept turning the money over. Um, and when I think about some of these last projects that we've just completed, you know, they were done with us self-funding a, a large portion of it. We do, do have financial partners, but we self-funded because, you know, that would keep that baby without a lot of weight, but you know, the less debt that we put on it, it would have time to grow. Um, and so we really focused on um, looking at every deal and seeing what made financial sense that wouldn't hurt the other businesses and wouldn't extend us uh, too much. But I think that where we are right now and in terms of our growth plans, we have to look at a different type of financing now than before, because uh, while we've been growing kind of one at a time and, and Granted, it's been a rapid growth one at a time. And we're starting to look at now, uh, do we want to look at maybe getting a territory? Okay, is, you know, Cleveland open? Like It happens to be one of the markets we, we think really has a lot of opportunity for a lot of brands. And if we were going outside of the D.C. area to Cleveland, we wouldn't want to go with one unit or maybe not even one, one brand. So we would have to look for the type of financing now that says, I want to buy 10 or 15 at a time. What does that look like? And so that means that we have to get more educated. We've got to align ourselves with, with people who know about now getting in in a, in a bigger way than what we've done in the past and, and then getting ourselves ready, you know, having our financials in a place and, and have you know, the solid business plan to do it. So I think we're just transitioning to another level because, uh, you know, I always tell them, like when I tell my kids and say the name, you know, a, a Dr. Picard or a Junior Bridgman or a Valerie Daniel, they don't even know who those people are, but they know now because they've looked them up. And I'm like, you know, so they paved the way for us. And it's not even my time, it's their time, meaning my girls' time to say, okay, they did it. They showed us how they could do it and do franchising in a big way. It's your turn to do that too. So let me align you with the people and the resources you need to take this to the next level. Because I am retiring in how many years, guys? Uh, Three years and two months. Okay. That's it. Here's a countdown. Countdown. (laughs) We're not counting down. She is. (laughs) Chanel, let me ask you, um, your generation clearly looks at things differently than your mother's generation. It's just a fact. Every generation is that way. Um, how how have you guys reconciled uh, on a business side, not mom to daughter, but on a business side, finding out um, the best way to handle how you might want to approach something versus how your mom might want to approach something? Um, so I feel like my answers are like, we're really aligned, but it really is true. <laughs> um, I mean, we are, we're really aligned in 
and how we want to go after businesses. I think our visions are the exact same. So while we are from very different generations, um, I mean, we have that those same values and we want that same lifestyle. We want the same vision for our business. And so it really has just been like communication. Um, and we, we have quarterly meetings, we have weekly meetings and we meet all the time, talk every day. So I think just like really staying aligned in what we're looking to do has been helpful. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of differences between the two in our particular case. I do know in a general sense, it is very different with like my generation and, and another generation. But we in our business haven't seen that too much. Lauren, let me ask you, I think it's important that people realize when they want to get into um, entrepreneurship that you can't just have an idea, that you have to have a business plan. And that's where a lot of minorities fall short. They have maybe what they see as a great idea. But once you say, okay, what's your idea? They give you that. And what's your plan? The plan often is lacking. Give me a sense of what you guys have been doing to make sure, you know, Chanel just talked about quarterly meetings and, you know, you, you, you run your, your numbers in a way, in the, in the same way a business would. So give me a sense of the importance of that. Wow. I think it's incredible. I think you get so many different opportunities. I mean, weekly we're talking to different brands and so trying to just, you know, dissect which one might be best for us. It takes a lot of, you know, understanding their FDD and spending time understanding their numbers that they put in front of you. We do research by talking to those who are in the brand right now and trying to understand, you know, what they like about the brand. What are they not getting or, you know, how are they not supporting them? Does that fit with what we feel like we need to grow? Um, Outside of that, understanding the territories that we're looking at. So does the market, you know, need or can the market sustain that type of business that we're looking to grow? Um, And then just understanding the numbers. Do the numbers make sense at the end of the day? I think is probably one of the biggest ones that we'll look at and say, okay, these numbers just don't add up for what we need them to. So this might not be the right opportunity for us. Go ahead, Chanel. I was going to say another thing that's helpful. We have like a five-year plan and um, inside of that, we have kind of like our, our criteria for what we're looking for in each brand and the minimum revenue that we are looking for and different other, like other criteria that's in that, but being true to that and making sure that every brand or every opportunity that we are investigating, um, you know, is true to those criteria that we've already set is really important as well. So give us a closing thought uh, for those who are sitting and looking at this and wanting to jump in the water. Um, but again, uh, feel that it might be a little too cold or too deep for them or they just don't know how to get started. What do you what do you tell folks? Uh, you're never going to know unless you do it. Uh, you've got to, you know, send that ship out and, and burn the boat. I mean, that's that's really what you have to do. And you have to believe in yourself. You know, and and I think I mentioned the uh, the uh, scenario where we had to have go all the way up past the credit committee and talk. I mean, we went in there bold as lions, and knowing we needed their money, <laughs> we acted like we didn't. But um, you know, believing in yourself because I think when people see your passion and they see you willing to take risk, then you will. It's like uh, saying to the universe, "I'm ready," and the universe will respond. And so I, you know, I would encourage everyone, if if it really is speaking to you and tugging on you, you might need to answer that call. 
Many thanks to Toya, Lauren, and Chanel. To learn more about their company, go to HealthyLivingVenturesLLC.com. 100 is produced by Ed Gordon Media and distributed by iHeartMedia. Carol Johnson Green and Cherie Weldon are our bookers. Our editor is Lance Patton. Gerald Albright composed and performed our theme. Please join me on Twitter and Instagram at Ed L. Gordon and on Facebook at Ed Gordon Media. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis, mm-hmm. back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-course, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's and what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.